Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Wednesday, April 20th, and we're bringing you real-time news. Fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Property taxes are having trouble keeping up with skyrocketing home values. CNN reports that while house prices rose 16% last year, the average property tax on a home went up by just 1.8%. Good news, right? Well, it probably won't last much longer. It seems tax collectors just haven't been able to capture those new values yet, but they will. Although nuclear power may seem like yesterday's news, it still provides more than half the carbon-free electricity in the U.S. Now the Biden administration is earmarking $6 billion to shore up aging U.S. nuclear power plants. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says that nuclear power has to play a role in the transition away from fossil fuels, but the country's nuclear plants are proving too expensive to maintain. Netflix shares have plummeted 30% at the market open. This comes after the company revealed it had lost subscribers for the first time in over a decade. More than 200,000 customers with bigger losses expected this quarter. Netflix cites a handful of reasons for the slowing growth, including password sharing, increased competition from rival services, and even its pullout from Russia. CEO Reed Hastings says he's open to a lower-cost ad-supported Priced here in order to plug the bleeding. Wimbledon plans to ban all Russian and Belarusian players from this year's tournament because of the war in Ukraine. That's according to a report in Sportico. Wimbledon would be the first major tennis tournament to ban individual players. The move would affect several top-ranked players, including world number two Daniil Medvedev. It looks like WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is one step closer to returning to the U.S. to face 18 counts of espionage. A U.K. judge has approved the extradition order, according to the AP and CNN. The final decision will rest with Britain's Home Secretary, and Assange can appeal the decision. But his options to remain protected abroad are narrowing. If convicted, he faces up to 175 years in prison. We want to hear from you. Email us at therefresh at insider.com. And coming up, we talk about living with and managing student debt. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. The Justice Department says it will appeal a judge's decision to strike down the mask mandate for planes and public transportation, but only if the CDC decides it wants to extend the rule. The DOJ says masking in transit is, quote, a valid exercise of the authority Congress has given the CDC to protect the public health. On Monday, a Trump-appointed federal judge struck down the mandate, leading to most major U.S. airlines and even train systems like Amtrak telling passengers they can take off their masks. If you're being forced to return to the office, odds are your bosses are MIA. A new study from Slack's Future Forum says employees are twice as likely as executives to be working in the office, despite the fact that those same executives are forcing them to come in. The study also says the double standard and return to office mandates are taking a toll on employees' mental health. 
Elon Musk is reportedly scrambling to put together his $43 billion bid to buy Twitter. According to the New York Post, Musk is asking Morgan Stanley to help him raise $10 billion in debt, and Musk may be willing to part with $15 billion of his own money. The Financial Times says some big buyout groups have turned down Musk's request to help fund the deal, citing concerns about Twitter's long-term growth and profitability, as well as Musk's own personality, which, unlike Twitter's prospects, is unlikely to change. A group of voters in Georgia want to ban Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from running for re-election. They say her support of the January 6th insurrection disqualifies her, and a federal judge has ruled their challenge may continue. This means the voters will have their case heard in a court in Atlanta on Friday, and Greene will have to testify, which would make her the first member of Congress to face questioning under oath regarding the attack on the Capitol. Ezra Miller has been arrested again. The actor known for playing The Flash, who also appears in the new Fantastic Beasts movie, allegedly threw a chair at a woman, leaving her with a gash on her forehead. This happened on the same day he appeared in court via Zoom to plead no contest to a disorderly conduct charge from an incident at a karaoke bar last month. Leo Aquino, who works at Insider as a spending and saving reporter, is just one of the millions of people in America affected by student loan debt. Leo owes over $94,000 and recently wrote about some tips that have made managing their student debt a little easier, so we wanted to discuss some of those strategies here today. So Leo, tell me, how did this all start for you? So I'm 30, and then when I was 18, I signed a piece of paper um, that said I was good for six figures in student loans. My mom also co-signed my private student loans, and then she took out her own parent plus loans as well. And when did it kind of hit you that like the loans were going to become an issue? I mean, in my early 20s, I was really just, you know, YOLO. And, you know, um, as we do in our 20s, making bad financial decisions. But, you know, getting close to 30, I decided okay, I guess my life is going to be really long. (laughs) And, um, you know, I started looking at exactly how much I owe, what the principal balance is, what the interest rates are. When I did, when I saw that total, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, it's time to really take this seriously. So you talk about the personal experience of carrying student debt. What kind of toll was it taking on you? What does it feel like to have that kind of student debt? Even on the emotional front, it's like, okay, how do I stop blaming myself for this so I can actually figure out ways that I can make a dent in this debt? I mean, at first, I didn't even want to look at it. I was very like, no, this isn't real. This can't be a real thing that's happening. But of course, as I get older, and I'm looking at, oh, I'd love to buy a home, or I'd love to start a family, I have no choice but really to deal with it. So tell me about some of the strategies that you outlined in your piece. What's maybe the single biggest thing that someone with student debt might do to at least just get a handle on this? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that was really the most important was to start talking to people about it. Because The number one thing is that debt is really, really isolating. So you feel like, oh, I'm the only one dealing with this. But the more I talk about it, people are like, no, this is happening to me too. I feel the same way. And I think that's really the number one thing that folks should do, like really talk about it more and really release the stigma around it. 
So a lot of the advice that you have here in your piece, it's a lot of these little manageable tasks. You talk about you hired a financial planner, you downloaded this free app called Chipper, which lets you deposit spare change into your student loans. Um, But what is the ultimate goal here in your opinion, Leo? Do you think it's to pay off debt quickly or is it more just chipping away or is it something else entirely? You know, I try, I try to get away from these, like solve this problem really fast, (laughs) like um, kind of advice. I think it's really it's okay for it to be a long game. It's not a race, you know, it's just a thing that we're dealing with. And there's solutions out there that work for everybody. Like I know I've read stories where people lived in a van for a year, and like, you know, um, paid it all off like really quickly, which is cool, like good for them. But that's not really something that would work for me. So yeah, just, just getting okay with how long it's going to take and just realizing it's not really like my debt is not my whole life. You mentioned in your piece at the very end about like the the fourth thing for you personally, which is not like a tip for everybody, but for you about how it was like changing your legal name with your student loan provider and how that like made a big difference for you. I am kind of curious, like what that was like for you emotionally. One of the things is um, my dad name for folks who don't know the dead name is like the name that you were assigned at birth that as a transgender person, I don't want to use anymore. So all my student loans still have my dead name on it. And I was looking at it and I was like, okay, this, this could make it 10%, you know, easier. <laughs> just, just not looking at this name. Cause really every time I see it or hear it, or someone calls me that name, I feel very like, I'm just reminded of, you know, this very sad person <laughs> that I used to be. So I was like, okay, if I do this, maybe I'll be, it'll just make it 10% easier to like open this up and track my progress. And Honestly, it did. <laughs> like it was, whoa, so much better. And so I'm so much more willing to really look into it. Thank you so much, Leah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Leo Aquino is a spending and saving reporter here at Insider. Make sure to follow the refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon. Bye.